Welcome to the Bloom Podcast. I'm your host, Bridget. Now let's grow together. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Bloom. I missed you all last week, so it's good to be back this week recording, um, being with you as we hop into a new month, and I am excited to be back. So um, I spent a little bit of time being intentional with my family. I wasn't able to get a podcast in, but I did miss it, and um, happy to be here today. So thank you for always choosing to show up, and my hope is that you're blessed by this episode as you listen today. So for those of you that may just be joining, thanks for hopping in and following along and hope that this encourages you to find ways that you can bloom and just know that I'm so glad that you are here. So it is February and that means it's a new month, the month of love. The Winter Olympics are on. Super Bowl is next weekend. Um, Valentine's Day is the day after. So that's a little bit interesting this year. Um, they pushed that Super Bowl back. So um, another thing is seen a lot of skunks. So a lot of little critters running around, um, some not running around anymore. I've seen several on the side of the road, was traveling last week for work and had about five or six that I passed. Um, and I found out that it is actually mating season for skunks. So that's why they are out and about. We smell them all the time at our house. Um, almost ran over one pulling into my driveway the other night, but I guess that's why Peppy Le Pew, you always see him out around Valentine's Day because he is looking for love. But today's episode is not about skunks. It is about um, a new series that I wanted to kick off for February, All Things Love. So I want to talk about loving yourself, loving others well, relationships. I'm going to bring my husband back on. He hasn't been on in several episodes. He was on earlier, I think in episode 10. So you're in for a treat next week. I've convinced him to come back and talk with me about love and relationships and what that looks like. And um, then I want to dive in a little bit deeper to you. So um, be sure and tune in and check back for all things love during the month of February. Um, So I hope you'll stick around and come back each week. But I'm also going to have some challenges for you on my Instagram page. Back in February, I did a gratitude challenge and you all really enjoyed that. Everybody showed up and I was getting... So many people that reached out that said, I'm really enjoying doing this challenge. I'm doing it with my my coworkers. I'm doing it with my friends. I'm doing it with my family. So I'm going to have another challenge for the month of February um, just to, to kind of keep you focused on ways that you can make time for yourself, ways that you can love on others well, and then um, some ways that you can be intentional with your love. And then how to just love the life that you're living right now. So hop over to Instagram, live your life in bloom. You can check that out each week. I have a new challenge out there posted for you. So be sure to check it out. All right, so let's go. This first episode, I wanted it to be about you. You know, I wanted to remind you that before we go and talk about loving other people, before we go talking about loving our life and and how to live the best life that we're in, we've got to start with ourselves. And I've shared it in a previous episode and I'll link back to it in the show notes, but in the words of Brene Brown, we can only love others as much as we love ourselves. And that means that our capacity to love those around us depends on how much we love us. So I'm going to ask you on a scale of one to 10, just sit here and think, how much do you love yourself right now? And I would guess that all of us could probably use a little bit of work, myself included. This is not me talking to you and telling you that I've got it all figured out. I'm a, I'm a 10. I know how much I love myself. I need some work too. 
that's what's so great about this podcast is that this is you and I having a conversation. It's things that that I've learned that I am trying to share wisdom with you in hopes that it will benefit you as it benefits me and others that listen as well. So I am not perfect. This is, I want you to join me on this journey because I'm still learning in the process and hope you are still learning in the process as well. But just to be real and to keep things in perspective, I tell people numerous times throughout the day, how amazing they are. You know, I tell them how awesome of a job they're doing, you know, lift them up when they're down, encourage them along the way. But the words in between my own ears, some of the things that I say to myself, I would never tell anyone else. I would never tell my daughters, you know, and I wouldn't let them say those things to themselves either. So how are you talking to yourself? Do you talk to yourself the way that you talk to other people? For me, it's a no. I don't. I don't talk to myself as I do to other people. I'm not, I'm unkind to myself. I'm negative to myself. I'm hurtful. I don't give myself enough credit. I read a book with one of my girlfriends, Amanda, last year, and um, the book is called The High Five Habit by Mel Robbins. So do yourself a favor right now. It is a good one. Go order it, download it, book club it, whatever. It is one that I highly recommend, and it's one that will completely transform your attitude about how you view yourself. It is a simple concept, but it will have such a profound impact on how you love yourself. So the high five habit is based on building this habit of high-fiving yourself in the mirror. The first thing that you do in the morning before you do anything else. So as soon as you wake up, you know, you get up for me. First thing I do is I get up, go to the bathroom, wash my hands, look at myself in the mirror. Before you're all put together, my hair is still a mess. Eyes are half open, no makeup. I put my hand on the mirror and I give myself a high five. I give high fives to my kids all the time, always praising them, cheering them on, being, being their voice of inspiration. I give them to my friends when they share exciting news. I don't do high fives with my husband. We do fist bumps like Baymax and blow it up, but you get the point. I'm giving out attaboys and way to goes to everyone but myself. How many times have you stood in front of a mirror and didn't like what was staring back at you? You know, we've all done it. We pick ourselves apart from top to bottom without realizing the internal damage that it's doing. So I started to high five myself. We're reading this book together. I started giving myself high fives, which in the beginning, it was really, it felt a little awkward, kind of silly. I laughed a lot and thought this is, this is dumb. But around day three or four, it was early on it. She, her challenge is do it for five days. And about day three or four, I looked at myself and I mean, I really looked at myself like I was staring at my soul and I told myself, I love you. I'm proud of how hard you're working. I'm proud of how you're showing up for yourself so that you can show up for those around you. You know what happened? I freaking lost it. I lost it right there in my bathroom. I broke down because I saw myself as other people see me. There's people that are constantly telling me, way to go. I really appreciate what you're doing. You know, I get notes or cards or text or, you know, just people stopping me to say thank you. But I don't take time to thank myself. I don't take time to say, way to go, Bridget. 
it's one thing to tell yourself in the head that you're doing good, but it's another to really look at yourself in the mirror, look yourself in the eye and say, I'm proud of you, or I love you. You know, I I practice and I do I am statements, but this is different. This is rewiring my brain to look at myself dead in the eyes and celebrate myself for where I am right here and right now. Gray hair, a few extra pounds, acne, all of it. I'm proud. So I want to challenge you to wake up every morning before you brush your teeth, before you're all put together, raise your hand, put it on the mirror and look at yourselves and say, I see you. I love you. Thank you. And dang girl, you're beautiful and you're right where you need to be. Once you get past the awkwardness, something inside of you is going to change. I promise. But before we, we can love others in a big way, we've got to love ourselves in a big way. And it starts with telling yourself and rewiring all that negative thoughts and all those negative things that you told yourself over the years. You know, we are everyone's biggest cheerleaders, but our own, you know, as a mom, I think we carry on a lot of extra weight for other people just because that's the nature of being a parent. And, you know, there's a reason they tell you to put your oxygen mask on first, take care of you so that you can take care of others. It is a flip of a switch. It is rewiring past beliefs about ourselves or current ones that don't serve us. We have to go and reframe those negative thoughts that we've been telling ourselves year after year, day after day, and only allow those thoughts that actually serve us to stay. You know, those are the ones that can stay in our minds and can take up space. Everything else has got to go. I was talking with a friend the other day and telling him that I'm not very good at this thing. And in that moment, I caught myself and I said, nope, I take that back. I'm getting better at learning to do that. Stop knocking yourself down before you even give yourself the opportunity to learn. When my girls say, I don't know how to do this, or I'm not creative, or I don't know how to bake, or I can't be as funny as her, I tell them, no, no, you might not be great at it today, but you can learn how to be great at it. You can learn it. My grandmother would always tease me because I was president of our home ec club in high school. And the only things I knew how to cook either came frozen or heated up in the microwave. So it was always this big joke. Um, But I didn't really experiment with cooking growing up a lot. Um, It was just something that my mom, my aunts, my grandmothers, they always did it. And I was probably off playing somewhere. I just never really took an interest to it. So this is just a simple example that I wanted to share with you today. And I love my grandmother. She was a very sweet woman. But this is a simple example of how we hear things and think about this as you have children today. We tell ourselves something or someone tells us and think about how this can shape who you are as a person. So anyway, I just tell you this because of the effect that it had on my beliefs and how I view myself as a cook today. I was really good. You know, I can make some mean Kool-Aid, really good spaghetti from a jar, and I can do a few things, but I've never really stretched myself because I've allowed those words that she said shake my thoughts about who I really am. You know, I allowed it to get in my head and this voice of my grandmother turned into my own voice telling me, nah, you'll burn it. Better stick to what you know or let someone else do it for you. They really want to. I've told myself 
for years that I'm not a good cook because I listened to other people tell me that I wasn't. So when my kids ask what's for dinner, I've got this list of about 10 things that I rotate back and forth between because I believed for all this time that I would never be as good as my grandmother, never be as good of a cook as my mom or my sister. I'll leave it to them and I'll go be good at something else. You know, we all have our gifts, right? Forget that. I am a good cook. My family is fed. I make some really good chicken enchiladas and this amazing baked spaghetti for my friend, Annie Ronnie, and some really, really good Pioneer Woman mashed potatoes. I also know how to order takeout. I can do that too. And that's okay because I know what my limits are. But it is not too late to learn new things because someone has told you you're not good at it. I'm 40 years old and started a podcast. Who would have thought? I'm not some young high school or college age person that's just figuring things out and it just comes natural to them. I can stretch myself and try something new. We have to believe and tell ourselves that we can do it. If you all remember last year, I did get to make macaroons and they were delicious and I had fun in the process. Old me would have said, just go buy them. It's too much work. But the me that's working on who I want to be, the me that's blooming said, I want to learn how to do it. So let's go do it. We have got to stop believing those little lies about ourselves because they hold us back. They keep us stuck and they tell us that we can't learn new things. We're not good enough. New beliefs can be planted and they can be fruitful if we allow it to take root and really apply it. Giving yourself a high five in the mirror every single morning isn't going to change what was said in the past. It isn't going to change those beliefs that have been wired about who you are. It's not going to go back in time and make me a good cook. I have to make a decision today to learn and to grow and to stretch myself. But here's what it will do. It'll change how you view yourself today and in the future. It'll create a space for you to be honest with yourself and celebrate yourself exactly where you are in this moment. It will show you that when nobody else has your back, you do. You are your biggest cheerleader. We spend the most time with ourselves. So think about how much you talk to yourself each and every day. What are you telling yourself? Are you telling yourself you're not good enough? You don't look good enough. You're not a good cook. You're not smart enough, pretty enough, skinny enough. Tell that voice to be quiet. Actually tell that voice that they're evicted and no longer get to take up space rent free in your mind. What you focus on expands. So if you're focusing on all the things you can't do or don't like about yourself, that's what you're going to believe. And that's what you're going to allow others to believe about you. But if you focus on celebrating yourself and being grateful for the wrinkles on your forehead, around your mouth and your eyes, because that means you've shared a lot of laughs with your friends. You know, your hands may look worn and tired, but think about all the ways that they've served and held your babies and helped others. Be thankful for the gray hairs poking out, because hopefully that means that you've matured and gained wisdom from living life. Be grateful for that scar from your C-section and those stretch marks because you've earned those. Your body has done amazing things by bringing children into this world. Love yourself for who she is because she is incredible. Tell yourself that. Because it's true. We are worthy of being celebrated and loved. And that has to start with you. 
You deserve a high five. You deserve to be seen and you deserve to be loved. So the next time you walk past a mirror, stop and tell yourself, I love you. I'm proud of where you've been and I'm proud of where you're going. I'm proud of you. If you don't say it to yourself, I'm saying it to you right now. I'm proud of you and I love you and I'm grateful for you. All right. I know it's a short one, something quick. I hope you'll tune back in next week. I'm going to talk with my husband about relationships. So until then, give yourself a high five. Love yourself. And I'll talk to you soon. (laughs) 